dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? We are blessed, says Deuteronomy 28, right? It tells us that the Lord will set us high above all nations. If we diligently obey the voice of the Lord, right? His voice is in his word. His voice is in the spirit. And we know today that that voice that we hear is the Holy Spirit talking to us. In Jesus name, we are blessed. 
We are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the fields. We are blessed when we come and when we go. Regardless of the circumstances that we are in right now or your, the challenges that you're facing right now, we are blessed. Now, everything that I just stated are for those who trust and believe. Trust in the Lord and believe what he says will come to pass. Now, some of you say, did you say you had to be a believer in order to say that you're blessed? Well, anyone can say that they're blessed. Anyone can say anything. But for the blessings that I just talked about, that goes to believers. And yes, we know God reigns on the just and the unjust, but the blessings that I just spoke about was given to those who believe. So now, are you asking me what you have to do to be a believer? Because I can certainly tell you. You have to do what Paul told the Romans. Romans 10.9. If you confess that, excuse me, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Once you have done that, you're a believer, saved and sanctified. Now I know, here we go again, some of you scholars listening are scratching your head saying, Kay, you omitted baptism. Are you saying that we don't have to be placed in water? Peter commanded in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 38 to 47, and I'm, you know, scrunching it all together so that you can get an understanding, but you could always go back and read it yourself. Repent, which means confess that you're a sinner. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter commanded in the book of Acts. But now we go back to Romans, to Paul. And Romans 6, 3 to 4 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. So I know when you, a lot of people say when they, they read scriptures like that in, in the Bible, they'll say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't contradict itself. But if you read everything according to how it's being written and presented at the time that it's being presented, then you understand that it makes perfect sense. So when Paul was saying that, what he was saying was, as Jesus stated himself, Jesus himself said he didn't come to change the law, but he came to fulfill the law. So if Christ fulfilled all the other laws through his crucifixion, right, the whole everything else that was put into all those commandments, Christ fulfilled all of that. 
why wouldn't he have fulfilled the water baptism? Because when you keep putting an emphasis, and I'm not saying that you can't be water baptized. I myself was water baptized. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be water baptized. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying water baptism, you going down in water doesn't, is not the, the, the only thing that will bring you to salvation or without it, you're not saved. Because when you put emphasis, when you put the emphasis of the act of water baptism, you're actually removing Christ from the focal point of being the reason of your salvation, the reason why you have salvation. It's not because you get baptized that you have salvation. You get salvation because you believe that he, his blood that was shed was for the remission of your sins. And that through that blood and you believing that God then raised him from the dead, that's what makes you saved, not the fact that you get baptized. But I'm not saying that there's anything against water baptism, no. But I don't want people to put the emphasis on, oh, if I'm not baptized, I'm not saved. Do you believe that Christ was the son of God? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? It was his dying on the cross for your sins that saves you. That's what I want people to know. So now, that's a whole nother talk show that I could get into in depth, but we're going we're gonna to put that on the back burner for now, but I hope it gives you an understanding for all of those who are looking to be saved. It's not that you can't get water baptized, and it's not that if you don't get water baptized, you're not saved. It's in your believing who Christ was and what he did. That's what saves you. So now... That brings us to our hot topic for today. And this is our topic for today. Here's our title. Have you lost your flavor? Have you lost your shine? That's the question I pose to you today. And our scripture readings today are coming from Matthew 5, 13 to 16. And we'll begin. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house let your light shine let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven and blessed is the reading of the word so i ask you have you lost your flavor? Are you presenting yourself as salt amongst the people of the world? Let's begin by breaking down verse 13. In Matthew 5:13, Jesus tells us that we are the salt, right? He says, "You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men?" So let's think about this for a minute. Let's look at what salt is. 
What it what is it and how was it used and how is it still used today? Salt, according to Wikipedia, is a material composed primarily of sodium chloride in the form of a natural crystalline mineral. Right? Salt is essential for life in general. And saltiness is one of the basic human tastes. Salt is one of the oldest and most ubiquitous food seasonings. And it is known to uniformly improve the taste, perception of food, including those that are otherwise unpalatable. Okay, so now you heard what salt, what salt is, right, and what it's used for. Now, given that definition of salt, how can we relate it to us as humans? How can we relate it to who we are, to what Jesus told us we were? Salt is essential for life. And now we all learned from the pandemic that to be essential means very important, extremely important, extremely necessary. So now why would Jesus call us the salt of the world? Because if we're the salt of the world, we're supposed to bring life to otherwise destitute people. Those who are living contrary to the word of God. And we go to 1 John 2.16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And we spoke about this. We just spoke about this. And I made the statement about how I believe Jesus is not going to come back until the church is unified. But what's keeping the church from being unified, and we're having such a hard time of coming together I mentioned was because of what John, 1 John 2.16 states. We're too much in the world. The church is too mingled in the world. It's become so entangled in the things of the world, wanting to satisfy every woman impulse that comes to our minds that we can't and we haven't been focused on abiding in the will of God. So, when we go back and we look at the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, which includes adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelers, and the like, 
of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right? That's what the word says. In times past, when we think about in times past, it's all those things that were taking place in the Old Testament when we were studying the minor prophets. Those were the same deeds that the Israelites were struggling with that God was trying to get them to recognize. Stop doing the stuff you're doing. Because I'm telling you, the day of the Lord is coming. These are the same acts that saved people struggle with today. On a daily basis. Right? And we spoke about the, about the flesh in our series, Love, Lust, Sex, and the Pursuit of Happiness. We talked about that. We talked about all these things that plague us as believers. We're still, just like the Israelites were struggling with it back in the Old Testament, we today are still struggling with it. Right? So let's just look at it this way. And let's just go back to the, we're talking about the lust of the flesh. We were all born with sexual desires, the ability to have a sexual desire, to have an attraction to the opposite sex is normal. To want to get your groove on with someone is normal. That's how we procreate. That's how we were supposed to keep the, the, the species going. Remember, be fruitful and multiply. The two shall become one. He gave us that command back in Genesis. That was God's plan from the beginning. So the fact that you have these desires, it's not a bad thing. It's just how you put them to use. But when Satan gets his hands on, when Satan gets his hands on anything that God has spoken, it becomes perverted. He perverts and he changes everything that God had put to be pure and makes it something dirty, adultery, fornication, lewdness, right? But it all still has to do with sex. All of it still has to do with desire. But it's just in the form that it's used, which makes it, whether it was God-ordained or Satan had his little hand in it. So then we go to the lust of the eyes. The desire to take possessions of what we see and go after the things that have a visual appeal. You know how we are attracted to shiny things. And I laugh when I think about that because I love bling. You guys have always heard me say, I love something that blinks. I love shoes that bling. I love blouses that bling. I am a bedazzled chick. I love, not that I walk around and bedazzled because I don't, but anything that has a sparkle, I like that. It does attract my eye. But I'm not saying it's not running me down the, the road to sin. No, but just in those little things that I say, those things will attract us. The lust of the eyes, the desire to possess what we see. And here it is. Here we go. Here we say. I just have to have the latest blah, 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 blah. 
I'm not going to be satisfied until I get the blah, 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 blah. You can fill in the blanks whatever you want because we all have our own little whatever that we can fill into that blank. According to the world, you're not successful unless you own the latest car, have designer clothes, live in a fancy zip code. And how much of our lives, when you think about it, how much of our lives have been spent trying to achieve all those things, chasing the American dream as we have people flocking here today to still try to do. Right? And lastly, the pride of life, which is everything that we just discussed and more. Arrogance, boasting, narcissism, being ostentatious, all those things. But the Bible tells us in Mark 8, 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the world, the whole world, and loses his own soul? So, we as being the salt of the world, we're to, to deny such things. And teach others how to do the same. Because that's what Jesus did, right? He came here to show us that we did not have to fall prey, fall victim to the things of the world. And the things that he was showing them that they could avoid back then are the same things now. Nothing's changed. What did Solomon say to us in Ecclesiastes? There's nothing new under the sun. Everything is the same. It just it, it comes in seasons. So in certain seasons of your life, you may be battling certain issues. But it doesn't mean that you can't overcome them. We are separate and unique. We are the example of how God intended life to be lived. Salt, going back to our original definition from Wikipedia, is the base taste in the mouth. Your taste buds can detect salt. No matter when you taste something, you can always tell there's salt in it right away. Because salt enhances the flavor of foods. And salt is, you know, you can taste it. It's right there. But salt is also added to baked goods to bring the sweetness out. So when you're baking a cake, you'll always notice it says add salt. And you'd be like, why do I have to add salt to a cake? It's supposed to be sweet. But salt enhances not only the flavor of foods, it enhances the flavor of other seasonings. So when you think about it, if salt is capable of doing all of that, salt is capable of flavoring foods, Salt is capable of flavoring seasoning. Salt is even capable of making foods that taste blech, better. Are you salt? Have you lost your flavor? I think it's time for us to take a music break. 
You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. But before we go into Op-Ed, I'm going to give you our musical artist. Of course, you know, we opened up the show with Making Changes by Grace. We then had Salt and Light by Laura Dangle. We had I Will Wait by Bree Babinov. And then we had Tasha Layton singing Never. So now, before we went to the break, I had asked you a question. Are you still salt or have you lost your flavor? But now we're going to go into the second part. The second part of what that scripture stated in Matthew 5. We're going to verses 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is the light of the world. So as his followers, we too should be light. Illuminating the sins of darkness so that people can find their way. And they're going to find their way by following the light. So I ask you, have you lost your shine? When you're around people, do they know the God that you serve and worship? Or are you the lamp that's put under a basket? It's lit, but it's put under a basket. And when you think about it, you were lit when you repented and accept Christ as your personal savior. Because we all, we all have little lights in us, right? But the light begins to shine when you picked up the cross and started to follow Jesus. When you gave your life over to the risen savior, Embarking on a journey to enlighten all those that you come in contact with, because that's what he commanded us to do. Go into all the nations and spread the gospel. And spreading that gospel is spreading the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who died for all of our sins. That's when your light is shining. That's when you're illuminating the way so that people know. Because in this world, this world is darkness. This world is darkness. Remember? When God looked upon the earth, it was a void and it was dark. Right? Go back to Genesis and you can read that in the beginning. So if we're the light and we're to illuminate the way for people to see, people have to know. 
They know by you talking to them. They know by the actions that you do. Right? And when I say the actions that you do, because I don't want it to be that your works is what's, you know, we could get caught up in works so easily. But when I say actions, it's like when they say a tree will produce fruit. So the fruits of the Spirit will be evident in your life if you are walking in the light that you profess to be shining. It's going to be evident in the way that you speak to people. It's going to be evident in the way that you carry yourself. And I'm not, I'm not saying, because as I had just mentioned before when we were talking about being the salt and all the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, flesh, pride of life, all those things we still deal with because we are still in the world, but we're not of the world, and that's the difference. That's what brings us out. That, that's what gives us our uniqueness because although we're in a place, we don't have to act like the place. And in this world, it is darkness. There's darkness. There's depression. There's sadness. There's all evil works that are about. Because we all know we're all born in sin, right? So if the world is sin and we have to be or we're called to be the salt that flavors changes things to make even the bad food better, then we have to walk as such. And if we're the light, then we have to beam as such. Correct? So I want to be clear with everything that I'm saying. When you know your calling and what God has given you to do, it makes it easier for you to get out there and do the work. Not easier in the sense that you won't run into opposition, but easier to recognize opposition when it comes. Because let me be clear. The enemy knows all of your weaknesses. All of your weaknesses. Did you hear me say all? All. Because for the most part, he helped you cultivate them. And he, oh, you don't think he did? Okay. It's your 21st birthday. Your 21st birthday. You know, when we all turn age 21, that's what legal drinking age, right? It's a milestone. You're becoming independent. Let's have a drink to toast to your coming of age. Yay, everybody's out in the party. We're drinking. Yay, she turned 21. This is such a happy occasion. Making you forget all the memories of your childhood and your alcoholic father. Right? That's the devil. He paints it like it's so okay. It's okay. You're not going to be like the rest of your family. You won't turn out like that. Forget the history of alcoholism in your family tree. Have that drink. You're 21. And that's how it starts. He doesn't, he doesn't just, he doesn't 
throw you in a vat of wine. No, he's not going to take you and throw you in a vat of wine. He's not going to show you the negative. He's just going to show you the good part. And the good part is how everyone is having such a good time. And it's okay to be a social drinker every now and then. And there's nothing wrong. If you're a drinker, if you drink, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm not saying, oh, you're going to hell because you drink. No, I didn't say that. What I'm saying is how the devil knows your weaknesses. He knows how to prey on you. And we'll just even, we won't even use drinking as an example. We can use something else because those who don't drink will be like, well, she ain't talking to me. No, I'm not talking to you when it comes to drinking. But uh, let's see, fornication. Can we go there? Hmm. It wouldn't be such a big to-do about the abortion being reversed if everybody wasn't having sex, right? And I'm not saying that people having sex, it's wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, you see how one thing leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Everybody's in this uproar about the reversal of Roe versus Wade. But was it really Roe versus Wade that was put into effect because of medicinal reasons? Women had to have abortions because they would die if they didn't have the abortions? Or has it turned into, oh, well, then I could just have free willy sex. And if I get pregnant, I don't want the baby. I could run to an abortion clinic. I'm just saying. Now, I'm not passing judgment on anything. I'm not one to judge, even though the Bible does say we can judge. But I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just putting it out there. I'm putting it out there how Satan will bring things in to make it seem like it's okay without showing you the full consequences or ramifications of your actions. And that's where we being the salt, we being the light comes to bear. Right? Every believer is given the opportunity to walk in the gifts and the callings that God has placed within them. And the devil will continually try to get you to walk contrary to the spirit in any way that the Lord wants you to walk. Matthew six twenty-two to 24. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light, will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now saying serving God and mammon, mammon meaning money, mammon meaning the things of this world. It doesn't just have to be money. It's everything that's worldly. And you can't serve the two. Not saying that God won't give you money. Yes, God will give you money, but he doesn't want money to control you. He doesn't want it to be that everything you do is about money. You only do it if there's a benefit of money or some type of reward for yourself. That's the things that he was trying to break the Israelites out of. Stop being so greedy. Stop coveting things that don't belong to you. Stop trying to swindle and manipulate and 
lie and all this treacherous stuff just to get ahead. Stop doing it. Walking me, trust in me, believe in what I tell you, and you will have everything that you need. In the end, you will be salt. Adding flavor to the world. Bringing forth the goodness that God has placed in all humanity. See, that's why we need to be the salt. Because when you're the salt, you're seasoning people. You're seasoning them with what God says, what God does. So it brings out, makes them aware that they don't have to follow the darkness of the world. When you, you will be light. You will be shining brilliantly so that others will know the word, the way to Christ. Right? Because when you're light, when light comes into a place, there's no more darkness. Like when you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light, it's not dark anymore. We don't want you to be that dim light in a dark room that you'd have to keep adjusting your eyes because you're trying to see. We want you to be the bright light. So as soon as people were, oh, yeah, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going. So my question to you is, will you be salt that has lost its flavor because you've gotten watered down by the cares and desires of this world? Have you become too intertwined with worldly deeds? Have you accepted or overlooked or neglected the word of the Lord so that you can be, you know, fit in with the crowd, conform to what everyone else is doing, be politically correct. You're going to be trampled. Jesus said you're going to be thrown out and trampled underfoot of men because if salt doesn't have any flavor, what good is it? We can't use it. What are we using it for? It doesn't, it doesn't enhance. What is it enhancing if it has no flavor? And if salt doesn't have flavor, there is no other seasoning to enhance the flavor of salt. Salt is the flavor. Salt is the enhancer. So if you've lost your salt, then what good are you? Well, like I said, if you're that dull light in the room under the basket, where everybody's still squinting to see where they at because, oh, it's a little light in here, but I can't quite see. Let me just, if I close my eyes for a minute and open my eyes again, maybe I could see. No, you're supposed to be like, flip, flip the switch. Oh, I can see everything. I know where I'm going. I know where this is, that is, and the other. You're not bumping into things as you're walking around in a room because you can't see. Only you can decide. Only you can decide if you're going to be salt and light. So I ask you, have you lost your flavor? Have you lost your shine? And that ends up, Ed. The word of the month. Da-da-da-da. Because we still are in the month of July, and the word of the month is apathy. Lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. 
And our promise for this week, our promise for this week is going to come from Matthew 5, 11, 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now that's encouraging because in you being the salt and the light, you are going to come against some opposition, as I mentioned to you earlier. You are going to come against those who want to challenge you, test you, talk about you. Oh, here she come again talking at Jesus. Oh, she thinks she's so good because blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is they say, stay true to the word of God. Trust and believe what he says will come to pass. Know that you have a savior that is in heaven who did die for all your sins and has also died for the sins of those that are persecuting you. And see, that <laughs> that's the irony there. Here they are, blah, 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 talking about you, not even realizing one day when they do recognize, because trust me and believe me, they will recognize that God died, Jesus died for them too. And all that that they said, all that they did against you and against others, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, this is what they were trying to get me to see. This is what they were trying to get me to understand. But you just keep walking in spirit. Because when you walk in the spirit, you're less likely to be tempted by worldly things. Because then you're you're keeping straight with the spirit. And when you're walking in the spirit, God's going to keep you on the path that's going to help you navigate through the temptations that might be coming your way. You'll be able to know how to move around them. Or if you get caught up, he always makes a way of escape, right? So with that, I say, everyone have a wonderful Sunday. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Remember, be the salt, be the flavor. Bring that flavor. Bring that flavor. Be the light. Shine the way so that people know. Don't be like Tony Evans says, an undercover Christian. <laughs> it's like you're a secret agent. Nobody could know that you're in the kingdom of heaven. You're a secret agent. You keep it all, you know, under wraps. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to let our light shine, right? So until God brings us together again next week, we're going to praise him out today like David would, and we're going to dance up some praises for the Lord. Have a blessed Sunday. Peace.
came to lift up the name of Jesus. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? All right, come on. 